it's time for a bonus, a bonus episode. I love episodes of theater, 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 theater. We're going off the beaten path, off the beaten path. We're off. Hey, friends. Hey, Ange. Hey, it's summer solstice, y'all. I mean, we're recording on summer solstice. It's summer solstice. We're really deep into Fringe Festival right now. Hollywood Fringe Festival is lit. Yes. We've seen... What's your number right now, y'all? I think I've seen 20 shows. Um, I'm around the same. Yeah. Yeah, I got to be close. I, I know I'm a little less than you guys, but I do think I'm like... I think I hit 15 or 16. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm and gonna then do I jumped into a show, tonight, so I might have, so. I might be at 17. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been great, and and I have some really good stuff coming up, or at least some really hyped up stuff mm-hmm. coming up. So yeah, well, we'll we shout should... those out at the end during our LA yeah. spotlight because yep. we're yeah. really focused in on those. And I, I, there's a few. I mean, CJ and I saw one this weekend where we just, I mean, I okay. We've talked about standing ovations a few times on the podcast and like whether or not you should Mm -hmm. do them. And at Fringe, it's like it is there is that badge of honor of like or or like even as an audience member of like, no, this deserves that, even though it's a fringe play. And I know it's not a million dollar, but like this deserves that attention. And, And these artists deserve that after what I just saw. And CJ and I saw a couple this weekend. And Scott, all the th- the three of us got to see one together. Okay, mm-hmm. we'll talk about it. Wow. <laughs> I just want to gush. I just want to talk about Fringe all just day. Just want to gush. But today we're talking about something super fun. And I'm I'm not going to apologize for making y'all watch this. <laughs> no, I, as always, I had a great fucking time. So. I keep forgetting to do this. My original sound is off. Ooh, there better, it is. Do I sound better? I bet I sound better. So... <laughs> <laughs> you don't i don't know if you do we're pretty deep into i mean we're, we're only okay i'm gonna rephrase that guys i've had a long day two this is number two in the line of ver- of many of these and stuffs where bailey chooses to watch these things yes mm-hmm. so get get ready but this is the second one welcome to theater theater the theater podcast for theater nerds made by three theater makers from the la theater scene i'm jay bailey bircham i'm cj merriman and i'm scott leggett and as always to cleanse our palate between playwrights we offer you another bonus episode of theater theater and stuff where we pick theater adjacent things and we nerd out over them this is adjacent <laughs> no this is fun no it's uh, not <laughs> this week is a bailey pick that's right it's my pick and um who did you choose this week, Bailey? Well, thanks for asking. <laughs> I chose for us to discuss the second in the line of the NBC live TV musicals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It began with Sound of Music starring the great Carrie Underwood, as Scott would agree. She is the correct choice for that role. <laughs> she, her voice, listen to me carefully, her voice is more appropriate for the role than Julie Andrews, and I'm gonna I'm gonna die on that on that. I'll shout it out at the end, but I saw a play this weekend called "Fuck Julie" that had Julie Andrews involved. I'm actually gonna I've got to see that. You've got to see it. I'll bring it up later. It's super mm-hmm. great. Uh, but yeah, so Scott, that's Scott's opinion. We're rolling with it. Um, <laughs> but this week we're covering the second one, which is 
Peter Pan Live, starring Allison Williams, mm-hmm. Kelly O'Hara, mm-hmm. and the great, phenomenal <laughs> character actor. <laughs> Academy Award winner. Academy Award winner. Best Captain James Hook of all time. You're, you're being provocative. You're trying to press CJ's buttons. And Christopher it's Walken. It's it. She's ripping her hair out, folks. She's, wow. Why, why are your eyes bleeding, CJ? Can you get some help? Um, are you having a breakdown? Yeah. CJ's breakdown. <gasps> All right. Okay. Get ready. I, you got to be ready for him, CJ. I'm ready. Hold on. Right hold here. on. Hold on. What? CJ's breakdown. The Darling family children's bedroom is broken into by Peter Pan, some dude who claims he'll never grow up with no shadow that can fly. Wendy, the oldest, is immediately thirsty for him, wakes up her two younger brothers, John and Michael, and convinces them they all need to fly to Neverland with him. In Neverland, they meet the Lost Boys, and Wendy agrees to be everyone's mother, which is usually a great thing to do with children who are clearly men in their 30s or 40s. Good luck on dating sites, Wendy. A plot is crafted by Pan's nemesis, Captain Walkin' Hook, to kidnap Wendy so that she can be his and his band of pirates' mother, which is, you know, totally above board. A final fight ensues. (laughs) And then they all get adopted. Spoiler alert. They all got adopted. And then there's that final scene that adds adds the extra 15 minutes to that two-and-a-half-hour runtime. Um, Yeah, right? What an interesting thing. Yeah. So I, I've i been wanting to dissect these for a long time because I saw I watched Sound of Music as it aired and was like, oh, holy crap. Oh, <laughs> oh holy crap. Oh, my God. And I got to rewrite that song now. We should. It, well, it's probably already on South Park somewhere. We'll, we'll find it. Um, oh, holy crap. Holy crap. Okay. Cut it all out. Double it. No, double it. You're right. Note it in the log that Note it. that Bailey does a really solid Cartman. Yeah? Yeah. You do. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Um, as long as it's noted in the log, that's all I need. So I've <laughs> been wanting on, to hold dissect on, hold these. On, hold... Is it noted? It is now noted. Thanks. Yeah. Okay, okay. Just yeah. making sure. Uh, <laughs> is that a, is you using a stylus there or is that a ballpoint? Oh, I was signing it to myself. I'm... Oh, oh, I see. Oh, that's all that. That's <laughs> yeah. how it's logged. Okay. Got it. No, now I know. Perfect. Um, so I've wanted to dissect these for a long time because they are such a weird oddity in American pop culture. Yeah. They have a bit of a negative or like a stigma surrounding them. And yet they keep making them. Um, and they've made a lot of them and I don't know that any of them are truly successful. Although others would argue but they do get pretty good ratings somehow. And I don't sure. know if it's because people want to watch them fail or if they want to watch them succeed. But this is a old tradition on TV of putting up musicals, live musicals. And Peter Pan was kind of one of the first like big ones to do it with like a full budget and make it like really incredible. And... And it was huge for decades. That Mary Margaret one was huge. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So yeah. before I get, dig into it, because I'm kind of a, and it, this, this is gonna sound so off. I'm just gonna like out myself right now. I'm, 
I, I like Peter Pan a lot, and I, mm-hmm. I might have a bit of Peter Pan syndrome, he says, in front of his wall of DVDs and <laughs> fancy books. But, <laughs> There's Harry Potter books behind you? They are. I, like you, you like Bailey. It's okay. Yeah. I cover those up sometimes in meetings. I don't know. Like, oh, I, I no, actually do, do. feel shame sometimes about... No, having you her should books not. on my well. Oh, I get what you're saying. No, no, I, not because it's Harry Potter. Yeah, I got, I got Potter. you. Copy that. Copy she that. sucks. I don't like a turf on my yeah. shelf, and no. they're there because they look like turf good on the shelf. <laughs> turf on a shelf. Uh, turf on a nerf. So, <sighs> delete it. Delete the no, whole podcast. No, no, we're not. Can no, we not? We're tripling okay. it. We're tripling it. You're right. Um, <laughs> delete from episode one, though. At this point, like that's where we're at. <laughs> What was I saying? Well, you were saying oh, a lot. I like Peter Pan. Yeah. I like the history of Peter Pan. I'm really interested in it. I used to really like the movie Finding Neverland. I don't anymore. There was a time where I really did. I rewatched it recently. And I was like, oh, that's not it. But I want to hear your context with Peter Pan or, yes. or the musical, but Peter Pan. Like, what is it? Siege. Right. I completely missed the proper musical like i as a kid had the vhs of the disney peter pan which i don't even remember it's probably been at least 20 or more years since i've even watched that um but then and i know we bring it up all the time to piss scott off i i i was six years old when hook came out and we saw it at christmas and like i loved that movie i still love that movie um and it's funny because I, I, all of the musical numbers were so new to me watching this, which is mm-hmm. crazy to think, mm-hmm. except I did know the Lost Boys song because it's in Hook in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Because okay. they go to Maggie's play and she's right. playing Wendy in Peter Pan. I'll never and they, grow up. Yeah, one. they do that one. Of course. So, Last yeah, one. it's I kind of have a bastardized... Um, childhood with peter pan to be Interesting. honest yeah. yeah what a metaphor scott <laughs> i remember going to see a production of the play like at a children's theater when i was wee little like wee little like five um and then like we had i remember we i, I had a storybook that was not like the disney version but it was like another kind of illustrated version of it and then i remember um, the Mary Martin movie being played on TV. And then they redid it because it was only shot, I think, in black and white. And then they reshot it in color later. And um, But it was like an event. Like The Wizard of Oz was an event. It was a network television event. And that was your only chance to see it. And you didn't have a VCR. And you had to... You know, you well, I get the sense it. that's what they're trying to do with these two when they first broadcast them. Yeah, I think it's, so. It's, sure. it's which a is a hard sp- sell now because everyone has streaming services and doesn't like to sit and wait for regular old television. Well, and I was gonna, I was gonna comment on that too. Bailey brought it up, and we talked about it in the, in the sound of music. Yeah, I think there's a part of it that is kind of waiting for the car crash to happen. You know, it's a it's a high wire act. You know, let's see how sophisticated a show we can tell, and you know, see what happens. Um, but yeah, so I I was familiar with the play, and I was familiar with uh, you know the musical and the, you know the cartoon, of course. Uh, and then Hook came out, and all of that died. It died miserably. Wow. Ah. 
I'm just pushing back. I'm just pushing back. No, I understand. You're no, allowed. No, it, I, it didn't destroy my love of Peter Pan. It's it's a great story until you start dissecting it and then it gets fucked up. But we'll get into that yeah. later. What about you, Bales? Yeah, it gets a little weird. I honestly, like, like I said, I really like it. I grew up loving the Mary Mart Mary Martin filmed stage version. Mm-hmm. And there's also a version that was like that I believe aired live on TV and I've seen that one and it's black and white, but this one was like a filmed kind of like the cats one that used to play on PBS yeah. Uh, yeah. during the the yeah. telethons. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like that kind exactly. of thing, but it was Mary Martin and it was so good. And mm-hmm. now on rewatch, obviously the whole and in general with all of Peter Pan lore, the Native Americans are on par with mermaids and pirates, and you know it's like it's mm-hmm. this whole kind of like okay, yeah, well, hmm. like this they're all fantasy things, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's interesting to me uh, that that still lives in the show that we're talking about today, yeah, and that it's still done that way. I think they've they've tried a couple things that aren't. Okay, we'll, we'll get into it. But mm-hmm. I grew up loving that musical, and I l- saw Kathy Rigby do it a few times as a kid because mm. she would tour through Wichita, and we'd all go, and it was a huge mm. deal. So she I loved that. that. It was ever, so magical and to ever, me. and ever, yeah. I really loved the original Disney movie. Another one with that a couple songs that are... Ooh, I think one of them it's is called been... What Makes the Red Man Red, oh, if I remember Lord. correctly. Listen, rewatch Pocahontas. It did not age well mm. at all. I'll just watch Avatar, <laughs> same movie. Um, so I Oof. think... I don't know which is worse. <laughs> <laughs> so I really, really latched on to anything that was Peter Pan growing up after that, even as an adult, when something is like sort of Peter Pan related, I really love it. The Lost Boys, the movie, is basically a Peter Pan story, except with vampires rather than like a Neverland situation. Mm -hmm. And I loved that as a kid. And I also, I I loved Hook. I really loved Hook. I don't know that I've watched it in a long time, but it was one of those that just everyone I knew liked it, so we all just sort of agreed until I met Scott, and my world changed, which is okay. <laughs> my my You're a beautiful, best... beautiful man who taught me so many things. <laughs> my best just friend... Just to reconsider, just to yeah. reconsider. My best friend growing up, um, I would always go over to her house. She had an above-ground pool, and they built a deck around it, and like they, she had... Uh, two younger brothers and a younger sister, and they were all hook. Like they had the golden bladed sword that, like when you when you swung it around, it made shing sounds. And right. we used to run around under. Like I was obsessed with the Lost Boys' home in the movie, and we would always run around underneath her underground pool deck and like pretend like we were Lost Boys and shit. I loved I loved that movie when I was younger. Good times. Uh huh. Sounds fun. Yeah, it was. I, and I. I think there's there's versions of this story that I think can still be told in different ways. I don't know that we need this exact musical, this exact thing. But when it aired, I was excited about it. I was mm-hmm. like, cool, this will be fun to watch. And it has frickin' Christopher Walken. Let's see what happens. <laughs> and I was watching it, I believe, with my roommate at the time. And we were just ready to laugh. And we put it on. 
And by the time it got to Christopher Walken, which is what, a half hour in? Like, yeah. it takes a minute to get to yeah. Neverland. Spend and a lot I, of time with the family. I should have researched this, but I'm pretty sure they've added a bunch of dialogue. There's no way the stage musical has that much with the darlings. Am I don't I know. No, you might not be. I, I mean, it could have been pacing too, but I actually do think that it, in the original play, there is that much. Well, okay, so that's the other thing. So the original play. Why don't we start there? Do you want? Do you have Scottopedia for this, or do you want me to just know, no, go off my dome? No, yeah, I've got a lot of stuff off my dome, too. I went and okay. researched a chunk of fill stuff. In my, fill in my blanks, because this is just what I know based on, like, basic I'll like fill knowledge. in your blanks. Fill in my blanks. CJ, <laughs> you're, you're blank. horny today. Fill you're, in blank. you're inappropriately horny. Uh, <laughs> so I never inappropriately ordered. <laughs> I believe the first iteration of Peter Pan was a J.M. Barry, who is a uh, author and playwright from Scotland. And he in 1902 or04 around there, he writes this book called The Little White Bird. Uh-huh. And there is a story within that about a little baby that escapes from its cradle and sort of gets raised by birds and becomes this, like, bird baby that can fly. Yeah. And this book sold pretty well, and people were like, that's interesting, and he was like, I might make a character out of that, and decides to create this, to write this play called The... Peter Pan or the boy who refused to grow up or something who, like that. Who I'm wouldn't actually, grow up. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And the boy who wouldn't grow up, right. And that's in 1904. Yeah, so the book was 1902. And then he does this this play, and it's like a huge hit. Everyone loves it. Now, the movie Finding Le- Neverland poses that he had a young boy in his life that really inspired him and that he wrote Peter about. I, there's like some... There's some truth to that. Truth I, there's to a that, few different I don't know stories. The he, movie or story of Finding Neverland. There's also a musical of Finding Neverland. I don't know that that is based in reality fully. It's like partially. Like he was. Yeah. There was a family friend, and but it wasn't. It doesn't seem to me, and I don't. I didn't go into huge detail about it. That it wasn't that. Uh, what's his name? Freddie. Freddie High. Freddie Highmore. Highmore. Yeah. Who's and Kate quite Winslet. Good. Yeah, and he's it's okay. he's quite good. The little boy's quite good in it. Um, well, he had just done, I think, Charlie. In the, oh, no, it's yeah. the other way around. Yeah. They had yes. just done Finding Neverland, and that's how he gets Charlie and Charlie right. yep. in the checkerboard. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. Uh, um, but, ahead. yeah, no, I was just going to say, but there was, was a group of family friends, that, and one of those friends was kind of a basis for, for Peter, for sure. a, a characterization of Peter. Which, like... Great. Like, doesn't matter. And then people, I've heard people twist that and be like, I think he was in love with Peter. And I'm like, I don't know. That's not what this, nah. this, this story doesn't feel like. This that doesn't have Alice maybe. in Wonderland feelings. Right, right. Yeah. So he, he puts up this play and they, they couldn't find a young, I can't, I, I'm pretty sure it might've been a young male at first, but at some point they end up casting a woman because they're like, well, we can't cast a man, but we need somebody who has like the chops, and we feel like, in a you know, kind of misogynistic way, like, well, a woman can play can play a young boy better than a young man can. So I okay. So <laughs> I um I don't know what that was, but I think 
because of that popularity of that show, he writes multiple other plays after that and creates sort of a Peter Pan cinematic universe, if you will. A PPC <laughs> too. Well, he, yeah, he wrote, he PPCU. went and he then wrote, he wrote a bigger, a novel that was called Peter and Wendy that kind of expanded. And but went that's further. actually later. It was later. But then he does a sequel to the play called Wendy, which I couldn't, I, I found that it existed. I couldn't find it anywhere. So, yeah. So in order, he writes in 1904, Peter Pan, the boy who wouldn't grow up. It does so well that he writes a sequel in 1906 called Peter Pan in Kis- Kensington Gardens. Right. And it's the origin story of the infant Peter. Peter Pan in Kensington oh. Gardens is the name of the chapter in, in the Little the White little Bird. Little bird. That, yeah. Right? Okay. So then he writes a, a, a another sequel. Excuse me. Peter Pan in Kensington Gardens is a prequel. Okay. Right. Right. Then he writes a true sequel called When Wendy Grew Up, an right. Afterthought. And it's a, in 1908, and it does super well. So he has these three major plays that all tell different pieces of this story. He decides to turn it into a novel, which he names Peter and Wendy, which is the story that we know now today. It's what okay. every yes. movie is sort of based on and every because it includes the afterthought of Wendy being grown and him taking the daughter. They just make it a really short thing. Whereas it was like a full play about that, which sounds interesting. I kind of want to find it. Yeah. Um, I don't know much about J.M. Barry uh, outside of this. I, I, I maybe should do some research. I don't know if he was problematic or anything, but he seems fine. He didn't. Yeah, I, he didn't seem. Yeah, he was a Scottish novelist, and this was his big hit, and this is kind of what he lived on for for a big chunk of his of his life. But right. Yeah, yeah he didn't seem to be crazy controversial or do anything odd with children <laughs> so the first time they make oh, great so the first time they make a movie out of it is in 1924 which i knew nothing about oh I, it, it, you can you can youtube it there's some cool stuff that's some cool fun stuff yeah betty bronson and ernest torrance yeah great and then in 1953 disney acquires the rights and puts it up puts up the animated film right Big deal. Then Mary Martin, or, or excuse me, whoever writes the musical. Actually, I should have looked that up. I'm a piece of shit. So the Who, musical came after the Disney movie? Correct. The year after. Okay. Yes. okay. Oh, wow. So it, do we think maybe the Disney movie was such a big hit that they were now, like, let's do a musical? Here's I'm something sure. insane. Are you ready for this? Let's yes. hear it. In 1950, before they did the play... I mean the the animated the movie. movie. Disney. Leonard Bernstein and John Arthur and Boris Karloff. Gene Arthur and excuse me, Gene Arthur and Boris Karloff uh do a musical on Broadway called Peter Pan. Huh. No way. It doesn't take off. It's like it runs like three hundred performances and then oh. just kinda dies and never is talked about again. And okay. Boris Karloff um, played Hook, right? Correct. Boris Karloff was Hook. <laughs> that would have been yes. fun. Yes. That voice. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like weird, but the first number is called Who Am I? Sounds great. 
<laughs> and uh, I condemn this man to slavery. Yeah, so I think I have to find that and listen to it because it sounds kind of great. But it wasn't. It I'm. I'm just now finding this, so I'm kind of researching as I go, but it says it was initially intended as a full-blown musical, but it was staged with only five of the songs. They never wrote the rest. Oh. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, wow. so I, but it still did 321 musicals, uh, mm-hmm. uh, 321 performances. Cool. Uh, <laughs> great. <laughs> but then in 1954, Cyril Richard... Um, Moose Charlap uh, and Jewel Stein get together, and then Carolyn Lee r- with additional lyrics by Betty Comden and uh, Adolph Green. So this is Comden and Green, interestingly enough, are involved here. Um, but it's Jewel Stein, Mark Charlap, Trude Rittman um, all did the music. And I, it goes up on Broadway, it gets the television thing on ni- in 1950, and then in 1960 it makes the actual, like, Put out movie that you can make. Kathy right. Rigby also did one of those sort of like the cats thing at the yeah. telethon. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a bunch of other adaptations, but we get to 1991 and we get to Hook. Mm-hmm. So between that, there's just like some weird animated stuff. So it's been a while, 1960 to 1991, before we get a full fledged out in theaters uh, movie that is Peter Pan based. Yeah, we get like Return to Neverland and some of those like straight to. That's Straight later. Videos, Disney. Right. Return to Neverland is 2002. Ah. Oh. So then we wait another freaking 11 years, 10 years until we get a sequel. Then we get Peter Pan, the 2003 PJ Hogan movie. Have y'all ever seen this? No, yeah. I haven't. This one is meant to be closest to the book Peter and Wendy in terms of what it leaves in about the story and tells about the story but it also like digs into some themes that like aren't really there and it kind of does some other stuff to be more for a 2003 modern audience i remember seeing that i went to see that movie with a bunch of friends and as we were going in i turned around and the friends were like we kind of just don't want to go anymore and i was like what and i kind of felt like they bailed on me but i was like i i don't care i want to watch this and i sat and watched it by myself and (laughs) really enjoyed it um and then, uh, I need water. I, it's fine. Uh, NPR mouth. 2004, <laughs> he does Finding Neverland. Or, he does. They do Finding Neverland. And then there's all these other weird adaptations. There was that one, like, miniseries called Neverland. Uh-huh. With Kira Knightley. Yeah. And it was, like, <sighs> kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. But then we get to this, Peter Pan Live. Now, before we, we stop and talk about it, there's a movie called Pan, directed by Joe Wright. It's one of the worst we movies. Love. We love, ever. we love our we love Joe, Joe Wright. Wright. Go listen to our Cyrano episode. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It's just dumb. It's, it's just, so bad. Just, just a malformation. It's meant to be the prequel movie, but instead of doing the prequel story, they just make their own bullshit thing that stars Hugh Jackman, and it's trash. But Peter and Wendy uh, is a movie that's coming out soon. All right. Uh, it's it the new live-action Peter Pan Disney movie. Okay. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll see. But something really special about Peter Pan before I get off of it, and I'm so sorry about this, to have digressed so hard. Or it's not a digression, but to have monologued so long. The, the rights to Peter Pan, when J.M. Barry was passing, he gave it to his family, and he said, I want this to be in the hands of, like, someone who can make a lot of money off it. So 
a children's hospital in Scotland owns the rights. Right, that's right. And they make money no yes. shit. every yeah, time I, Peter Pan is cool. touched in any way. It's incredible. Aww. But Disney is in a weird legal battle with them and has been since like 2013 <laughs> over like who what they can do because they there's like a dispute on how they when they bought the rights in the 50s like how they can use it cuz they use him and stuff all the time he pops sure. up in weird shit the animated guy pops up and stuff all the time and yeah. Tinkerbell's in everything right yeah. Tinkerbell's literally yeah. their fucking like logo mascot yeah. and it, like does yeah. all the, right yeah. before every movie so i think there's been a lot of dispute there i don't know if that's been resolved um come on disney you have yeah. fucking everything i like, think it's more that like the hospital fights like them doing things more than, and making money off of it than disney fights them for it i don't know actually how that all right. works but yeah. disney's evil uh, i'll talk more about it when i hype fuck julie later because that's what the play's about and it was really good i uh um, i did okay, have, that's all a, I have to I'm, say i have a cool little thing so uh barry is the one who popularized the name wendy it wasn't no shit yeah it wasn't really a thing before that's kind of that. cool yeah uh, and since then millions millions have been named wendy it's a better name than khaleesi after that last season of game of thrones <laughs> That Wendy, was my... Moira, <laughs> Angela, Darling. Khaleesi. 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 <laughs> Are people and naming their child Khaleesi now? I just remember after the big spoiler alert episode where um, Daenerys, like, burns down most of King's Landing, somebody tweeted the next day, like, boy, all you people that had children the last three years, your daughter Khaleesi, you're feeling real stupid right now, aren't you? I guess it was a really popular name there for a couple years. Sure, sure. That makes sense. Gross. 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 You love your Game of Thrones. I'm going to name my kid Cal Drogo. <laughs> Cal Drogo. Um, fuck. What? Yeah. <laughs> Should we just talk about Game of Thrones for a half hour? <laughs> when are we we got to do a Game of Thrones episode. No, we don't. Well, we we really don't. <laughs> what we have to talk about is how, how this worked as opposed to Sound of Music didn't. And we yeah. talked about this, yes. and, and I, I think I hit, I would think I was one to say it. If I wasn't, please correct me. The reason the sound of music is so god awful is because you have this ma- singular masterpiece movie, arguably the greatest musical ever done, that everybody is comparing it to. There was no right. way Carrie Underwood was ever going to win that battle, or Not any right. of it was going to win that battle, and they could have just shown the movie. But for Peter Pan, there there are so many different examples and different iterations of it over the years that you're kind of open to you know a new one and i thought like as i went and researched and kind of thought about like previous representations of peter pan like allison williams is trying a different kind of take on it and trying something different i found out all the performances the kids were the little kids were great michael was my favorite michael was your favorite he was so cute he was and he was on his shit too like he like he he was was on all of his all of his choreography and all honestly besides christian borrell and i don't even think we need to do like a true performance review unless we we can like talk through people but like besides christian borrell as smee who i think kind of just fades into the background in this movie yeah yeah. i think uh, this movie this show every Everyone kind of passes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. everyone's really energetic, which is what Sound of Music lacked, <laughs> right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Everyone is like kind of like even the stunt casting of Walken is so discussable. 
that it's right. like sure and like okay so let's talk about that why don't we start there because the opening of this show we we get all my nostalgia feels are already in play we get the we get the dog that's a person in a costume actually no we don't that's no, Mary we Martin don't get it. we yeah. get a an really actual well trained dog a really, a really legit dog yeah. yeah we get three kids who are the wendy is she's got a bit of a tin tim burton face if you know what i mean yeah yeah like she looks it's like she Taylor should be in a Louderman. tim burton where do i know that name look it up look i did it look up. it up and nothing i mean she's from st louis like she's well she's probably does like a lot of theater or something but she looks like she should be in like edward scissorhands the musical yes. or something. but <laughs> she's fantastic and the, the other two kids are like really energetic and great and those are kind of hard like kid parts you have to do a lot and you have to fly and sing and the wire stuff is kind of great, even though you can see them, but you're just like, yeah, like, great, fun. You see it, but you know you're going to see it. Like, you walk in going, well, this is there's only one way to do this. Right. And, and they do it so well. Like, you can really, like, the movement of it and the flow of it doesn't look The choreography tanky. really works, correct. Taylor Latterman was in the original Broadway cast of Mean Girls. She played ah, Regina George. That's okay. what it is. Yes. That's well, she's fantastic. From. Okay, Every, there she's are people screaming at us for the past 30 seconds while yeah. you figured that out. <laughs> How dare um, you? <laughs> yeah, sorry, listeners. We know that, and we're assholes. Um, but I think what's... That uh, what that energy brings that lacked in the first time also it, it's it is, excites you enough even when it gets into the lower places with Kelly and you're just kind of listening to Kelly talk to her daughter and like mm-hmm. yeah, you know it it just it it was fine for me we were talking through it a little bit as we do as we are wont mm-hmm. to do <laughs> but one thing we did notice and that we talked through was how many how amazing the edit was mm. with how they would do like the wire stuff because we never saw someone take off a wire. We never saw mm-hmm. the or track. put one on. Right. And and yet like and I I started noticing just like, oh, she's lingering on that door until the until the wire's pulled. Okay, perfect. And then moving on. And it was well orchestrated. It was theatrical. The budget was Probably way higher than Sound of Music. It felt like all of the sets were super beautiful. And Neverland amazing. was cool. Yeah, yeah, I wanted the in my backyard. The ship was cool. Mm-hmm. The ship was cool, and uh, we should say that the choreography was based on Jerome Robbins' original. Oh, it's my favorite. The choreo- all really of the choreography choreo. was oh so God. fucking good. And, I particularly every- liked the pirates, but all of it was good. I liked the, no. The, I thought the pirates were all fantastic and, and interesting, but even. Um, uh, the Native American dances that they were doing and infusing with it was like they got some really great performers in there. They um, also it was and they, awkward, but it was they awkward did an enough. okay job of and just like some other things more recently have done, they did an okay job of making it. And this isn't better to be clear, but not feel like American natives mm. and or not like even like like. African natives. It felt like or Pacific Islanders. Fantastical yeah, island of yeah. because they did they did well to sort of cast racially ambiguous and it was a lot of white people and a lot you know it, so it, there was which a very white piece of theater this. Yeah, uh, I think there was one um, person of color in the Lost Boys. There yeah. were a few, obviously Tiger Lily, and then a few in the 
the gang of pirates. The, uh, the the tribe, but it, it they 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 were trying. I don't know. This is long enough ago that it's kind of like okay, they were they were doing it. What was this? 2013? Is that right? Is it that old? Yeah, I thought you didn't said he say it was like almost 10 14, years. 14, 2014. Oh, yeah, oh it was 2014. okay. Wow. So let's talk about Walken for a second. <laughs> Before we talk about Allison Williams, I want to talk about Walken. CJ, you had a pretty intense, visceral reaction to him when he came onto screen. Talk to me about that. <laughs> I loved him whenever he danced. I love watching that man dance thanks to Fatboy Slim. Um, you know what I'm always hoping for something like that? For a role like Captain Hook. I guess there was a secret part inside of me that hoped that, like, I get it. It's Christopher Walken. He has his thing. Everybody does impressions of him. I get it. I think there's a secret little part inside of me that's like, he's going to step out there and actually be this amazing stage actor. And like, he's Christopher Walken, but also guess what? (laughs) He can fucking do this. And it was just so clear to me that like, I, and and I think you said he was reading cue cards the whole time. Like you rarely even saw his eyes because he's looking down the whole time. Um, and I, it's, I, it's funny. I laughed at the walkinisms that he did. He was trying to do a British accent, but he can't help but sound like himself at the same time. I don't, I mean, I, he was fine. I loved watching him dance because I've, yeah. I, I know that I was annoying everybody a little bit think, with my strong reaction to him. No, <laughs> no, no I think no, it's just, you were you're having your reaction. You were giving the, this, you, you were having the same feeling that you did, or similar, because you, you, I think you'll have a more visceral reaction to this one, but with Alice Cooper, where oh. you were like, no, because that part could be great. My argument, unfortunately, I hate this, mm-hmm. but it's true. My argument is, yes, but they are actively casting someone who is just going to bring in a whole subsection of people who wouldn't watch this otherwise. That's really what it, it is. And we, to it. ask him to be a triple threat is a lot. But but he dances and sings very well and has done so in Hairspray. Well, he sings like half the time in this show. Normally it's just talking on beat with the music behind him. Oh, Rex Erickson <laughs> Yeah, made he a does that, the, that the first song and then the next three times he sings the whole song he, and he, we we notice that. He warms up to it for sure. But I think you could also feel him being like, "Oh, them that the, during dress rehearsal they're probably like oh you're just like not getting some of those notes what if you just like talk saying and he's like great I it, like I, that it, that's I how it feels I'm not it. defending him either because <laughs> yeah. I'm this is headed to a point he if this was a film since he is not a stage actor who does this kind of thing if this was a film and a director could work with them like they did with hairspray and they could infuse walkinism into hook that could be interesting but mm-hmm. this felt more like. He probably came to three rehearsals. You know? right. like, yeah, like... like it, it felt like him being like, I'll show up when you like really need me. And I'll do work I, with like I a trainer it. somewhere else. But like I'm gonna like look at my feet while I dance. And they're like, uh, okay, you're Christopher Walker. And so... as a choreographer, I was screaming. <laughs> sure, but I think I just forgive that kind of shit so hard. And I'm not defending it. It's not a good thing. It's not good. Alice Cooper isn't 
good in Jesus Christ Superstar. I just go, yeah, great. And then I go, fun that they got Alice Cooper to come out on stage and sing for a second with John Legend. Cool. The guy that plays Simon in Jesus Christ Superstar pisses me off probably more than Alice Cooper. Oh, Lord. Here we go. (laughs) I can't wait to watch that one. That's going to be so fun to watch because that might be my favorite. Yeah. Grease is close. Grease is fun because it's so bad that it's great again. And they know it. They're like, Boys to Men is the fucking dream angel. Who cares? Come on. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. Boys to Men. Je- Jesse J comes out and sings the song from the movie. That's not even in the music. It's not even Greece in the play. Is the word. Boys and you're to like, Men. <laughs> you hired Boys to Men for this singing role. And guess what? They can sing really well. And it I rocks. Guess, yeah. I mean. Okay, but there's like six other people in that movie that can't sing really well. All right, fair enough. Fair <laughs> so enough. You'll I'll see. hold my judgment until you'll I You'll see. see. Yeah. I mean, there's um, always a couple. I mean, I it I think the the thing about the casting, like I'm all for stunt casting. I just thought it was um a bit bizarre. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, that's a makes really no good sense. way to put it. Like when, it makes no when sense. you when you think about it, like if if you go th- through like some of Christopher Walken's big roles, he he's not a villain. He doesn't play villain a lot. He plays some he creepy does. underground dudes. True romance. True oh. romance, yeah, but that's a that's a He had a stint of it. He actually did for a minute, right? Like he had a stint of playing like cool badass like like king of New York, like true yeah. romance like and then I feel like since the past 20 years, maybe more, like since like, I mean, Deer Hunter, even, even before that, but, like, you get, like, to the last 20 years, you get to, like, kind walk-in, where he can play yeah. the father. He's the catch-me-if-you-can That walk-in. That started, I think, with the Saturday Night Live. Yes, you're uh, right. With more the, cowbell. Which, more which cowbell. Arguably, which arguably is <laughs> the Tim Meadows doing the um, the census and going to Walken's apartment might be the funniest sketch I've ever seen in my life. Do you know what I'm yes, talking about? Yes, genius. Yes, does, I think we've talked does about the it on coo- the Does the cougar count? Do you have a cougar in your apartment? You coo- yes. I have lots of Christmas cards here. Those those aren't living things, and it just goes on and on, and him just saying the most bizarre fucking thing. Yeah, it's genius. Anyway, but yeah, I think it was just the bizarreness of it. So, and and I think I'm kind of with CJ in that, I was hoping that he would sort of step up yeah. and just nail it. And it's fun because it's it's kind of a, a controlled train wreck. I was making the joke throughout <laughs> the big final battle scene. It's like, uh, like after dress rehearsal, like Allison Williams going, he's really kind of crazy. All right, people, we're going to do this at 50. We're yeah. at half speed for the fight. Oh, the fight, Half yeah. speed for the sword fights. So. But also, like... <laughs> Sure. Like, I, I do kind of wish they had to, like, maybe stylize everyone being slow-mo. That's Yeah, funny. yeah, oh, that would have yeah. been, you know, you know, you know, you know Well, and the like thing that, that made, that complimented Walken so much, too, was having that band of pirates behind him. Because I do think the pirates were probably my favorite part Their of Their faces were amazing. Like, just them watching shit was amazing yeah. in the background. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. And they um, were all great dancers. Oh, my God. Yes. Such yeah, ones. let's talk about that. So the Lost Boys in particular have a lot of great dancing. They had just been pulled right out of the, the Tony Award winning Newsies had just happened. They're all Newsies. Oh, wow. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, I looked that up and I was like, oh, shit, of course. Like, Because yeah. you can feel it. They they have Newsy energy. Half of them like, can do whoa. fucking backflips. They're like, all 30 God, years yeah. old. Oh, the thing do, off yeah. the end of the picnic table? Oh, that's <laughs> crazy. Nervous how crazy cool that was. Um, There is a, you know... 
because IMDb trivia facts are always correct um, <laughs> uh, and can be added by only the wisest of humans. Yeah, yeah. This, the, there is one that says, the production team sought out Native American actors to portray the Native American characters. And I said, first of all, they sought them out, so that means they didn't necessarily find them. Are they Native Americans? Is that what we're going with, that Neverland is in America? Is that the idea? Well, it, it, I don't think I, so. In terms, no, you're right. The the when you look at the root of it, like for British, the British at the turn of the century, Native Americans were as exotic as anything else. So he's just—it's an island of exotic exotica, and unfortunately, that comes at the expense of a group of people. And I think that you can change that. I think anybody who does it again can can easily change it. You know, right. you can have a an indigenous group of of the on the island, right? Right. Yeah, I, think. I guess. I don't know. Uh, so they sought them out. Whether they found them, I don't know. Uh, there's a. It says also here. Here's one more trivia fact for you that I think is kind of interesting. The skull design that Borel chose to wear as Mr. Smee. Now Christian Borel plays Mr. Darling and Smee. Normally. In the show, it would be Hook and Mr. Mr. Darling. Darling, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I guess because they wanted the stunt casting of Walken, or maybe Walken like bought in. Maybe he was like, "I'm playing Hook. Give it to me." That was my Walken. I'm I'm playing. Maybe Hook. Walken was supposed to play Shmi. <laughs> and he was like, "Never mind. I want this one." Uh, but Walken had done Hairspray a couple years before, so there was still that sort of, oh, Walken does musicals kind of thing happening, which is maybe why they asked him. Christian Borel and Kelly O'Hara had just done Sound of Music. He was Max, remember? Yep, yep, And yep. so, but here's, here's the trivia fact. The skull design that he chose to wear as Mr. Smee on his left arm is the skull is the skull design that Boba Fett has on his armor. <gasps> Bad ass. Oh my god! But he added some extra horns so that people wouldn't notice so easily. Aha, nice. Well, now I love respect. R e s p e c t. Let's talk about. Oh wait, hold on. Here's a here's a a confirmation of that on IMDb. Mr. Smee has a Mandalorian tattoo on his right arm. The first one said left, so this this is proof that these are all horseshit on his right arm. (laughs) Once a symbol of Boba Fett in the Star Wars universe, Mandalorians are mercenaries. Disney now owns the rights to Star Wars. Therefore, interesting. <laughs> um, I added the therefore interesting. <laughs> therefore, Let's talk about Allison Williams. The mm, only yes. other person I've ever heard was considered for that role was Miley Cyrus. Mm. Ooh, Bad take, right? I, I, I gotta let go. I've never been a I've never been a Miley Cyrus fan. Um, I think I'm a public- Hannah Montana stan, but okay. I don't like Miley. Cyrus. I was never a Disney kid with television. I was 100 percent Nickelodeon. Whatever. Um, but I, as a as a person, I did used I've, to know the hoedown throwdown though. Keep going. As a as a person, I've as she's been. Yes, are you done? <laughs> Two people got that. Oh, shit. As a person, I like how hey, she's Hey, CJ, been... can you... <laughs> oh, oh. Last time. Last time. Last time. I had to make... No, I'm done. I yeah, had to I'm make done. sure I did it one more time. No, you come back. Come back. Oh, she's gone. Yeah. Bye. Oh, CJ, don't moon us. <laughs> um, 
I like, as a person publicly, she's, I feel like maybe she's aged well and has matured in a good way, but that's about all I can say about Miley Cyrus. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you. Like, not a fan of, I was too old for Hannah Montana, and, but I've, you're never watching her <laughs> sort of <laughs> what I'm sorry. Right. I liked her what? USA the the first hit she had like ironically uh, I don't like, like any of her Emily music Osmond. necessarily but I just Jesse think that... J wrote Party in the USA that's why oh, that song oh, right. right. yeah 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 anyway but Except she has kind of a... and memo don't rhyme that's it but, she, but right. she, I think you're right see she has kind of matured and yeah. like you know stood up and like I can you get know, behind that done some good things you know I um, think she's fine I've never had really anything against her I think no. She yeah, did her she thing and had to do it in the spotlight, and that sucks, and you yeah, know, whatever. You know. But uh, that's the only other person I've ever heard considered. It would have been interesting, maybe. She would have had an, a different energy. Allison Williams brings an energy. I, this was the first time I ever heard of Allison Williams. Hmm. I knew Bri- who Brian Williams is, her, her, her father, but I hadn't watched Girls yet at this time. Mm-hmm. And Get Out ha- does not exist for another six years or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I don't. I wasn't really psyched about her. I was kind of like, who? Oh, okay. Is this nepotism because he's on NBC? Like, what's the, I don't understand the, why they're casting right. her. And right. she, she does fine. She does great. She sings fine. Yeah. She, she, I like her. I think she's good in it. I, I really can't hate on it. I think it's a very energetic performance. And it is. And very but, Disney. But, but she also, she also brought a different take. I thought, you know, generally you know that it that character is this sort of sprite like sort of almost manic kind of energy and she had sure. this nice sort of groundedness like and she she portrayed him as a as a person who had a set of rules yeah and those rules were ultimately rules of chaos but that that's how she was going to stick to it almost and i don't want to because obviously peter pan is a quote unquote child Right, I, I it almost felt like she was playing him as more like a child who has lived long enough to have the brain of an adult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but is still being a child on purpose. Wisdom, like, wisdom with the years. That, correct. Like, yeah. Right, but is like has this little bit of like, yeah, no, that's just how I am. No, no, that's just who I am. That's how I do things. But okay, whatever. You know, like I, I, I. It's not that I don't have empathy for you, but like I don't love you like that. I just want a mother. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. like it's. I'll take your daughter away someday. Like I just, I'm just looking for like people to kick it with. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's really, that's really it. Like, that's, just looking for people to kick hey, it what with. Else? I just what need else? buddies. Like mermaids. You, ch- did you that guys just chill? sounded like an okay hey. Cupid profile. <laughs> Are y'all cool? Do you smoke mermaids? Y- y'all yeah, mermaids. Let's cool. kick it. Hey, we got mushrooms on on on. The they islands. sure do. They had giant mushrooms on them island, man. Yeah. Uh, who else? Is there anyone else that you want to shout out in this that you think is worth discussing? I just liked Michael. He was so cute. Michael yeah, was I really thought, cute. I thought, uh, I thought all the kids were great. And, um, Wendy does oh, great. well, we should give a Mini shout driver. out to uh, Minnie Driver. Yeah. It's a, it was a lovely little sad, bittersweet scene at the end. And she played it well. And I every, Go ahead. Every time I hear her voice, all I can think of is Princess Mononoke. Oh, that's, that's oh weird. The, the first thing I think of version. when I hear her voice is Jane and Tarzan. Ah, oh, right. I've yeah. probably only seen that movie maybe twice. The Disney Tarzan. 
Oh, I thought you were going to say maybe 20 times. <laughs> no, no, no. It's one that yeah, I saw Disney in theaters tournament. and then maybe one. I, it hasn't been. It wasn't like one of my immediate favorites when I she saw, saw it. She saw it in that. And then like Goodwill Hunting. She does not sing in in this, obviously. But she also doesn't sing in Phantom of the Opera. Right. Can we cover Weber? I want to cover Weber I, next season. Let's do it. Yeah, I have so yeah, much no, to no. say. I think we'll I've have been, to do like 10 episodes though. Have you all been hearing all this kind of like this drama and so like there's all this oh, stuff like kind of going down yeah, yeah. What? and like yeah we'll talk about it i want to we just need to cover him holy shit there's i would so love much to stuff it going would be on. so much fun he's, he's grown into a weird weird old man yes also oh, yeah. i watched a video today of patty lapone in like 2000 something being like he's trash his music peaked with evita which was like a really special thing that he did with tim rice and then he's never yeah. like she is like I'm saying the word trash. I'm 99% sure she said the word trash. Like she's like, <laughs> writes I, garbage. I tend to agree with her. I like Jesus Christ Superstar and Evita's good, and then that's about it. All the other ones are pure like nostalgia love for me because right. I grew right. up with that shit. Like Joseph and Phantom. Like those are my childhood nostalgias. Phantom was nostalgias. my favorite right. like for junior high and high school. Mm. Fa- and then Rent came in. <laughs> oh, my God. So... This Rage. is this is rated four point nine on IMDb. Oh. out of ten, um, <laughs> not out of five. It's directed oh, by Rob Ashford and Glenn Weiss, uh, and it the writers are uh, obviously J. M. Barry, but then Irene Mechi or Mechi M. E. C. C. H. I writes the teleplay, and there were some additional things added, including there was a song taken out that Miss Darling sings, uh, taken out of the original production, and they restored it so that Kelly, Hara would have, Kelly O'Hara would have a song. Well, they Sweet. gotta give her more music. Right. Yeah. I mean, you gotta use her if you have her, right? Yeah. Right. yeah. Smoke them if you got them, gentlemen. Her and Minnie Driver and not Christian Borrell, but those two barely had anything to do the whole night, but probably got paid more than anyone else there. And <laughs> But I think that's cool to like get in people like that, like Audra McDonald, and like people you mm-hmm. can bring in to really top out the cast why kelly o'hara didn't just play wait kelly o'hara wasn't in it was um she wasn't in um sound, sound of music, music. no it was uh oh it was what you're talking about the gal that played the the fiance oh, who was it it was someone great she was an actual musical theater person i do vaguely remember that I'm it was someone that. yeah sorry yeah i'm <laughs> I, my brain's all fried is there anything else y'all want to say about this one i appreciate y'all talking it out with me no, oh, no. I, I love I, it. I, I always love doing thank these. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, it was. It, I, I'm glad I watched it. It was, it was fun. Um, after the train wreck of Sound of Music, I was nervous, but um, but I had a good time. Yeah, it's Peter Pan. Good. It's Peter fucking Pan. Laura Benanti. Benanti. Laura Benanti. Of course, yeah, it was yeah Laura that was Benanti. the Baroness. Yeah, of Sound course music. it was. Um, there's a couple we're not going to do, like the Grinch one, and we're not going to do Annie. Actually, we are going to do Annie. That's the uh, final one. We're not going to do so Little bad. Mermaid, I'm though. Out. I can't do Little it. Mermaid's the it. one we're not going to do. Is it the Disney musical? Or is it a new thing? No, it's the Disney We're not going to do The Passion. Uh, the Passion of the Christ? Next? No, what? it's just called The Passion. No, oh, sorry. <laughs> next, I think, is The Wiz. 2015. That All sounds right. right. All right. Yeah, y'all. Next up is The Wiz. We're going to cover The Wiz, which is fucking fun. The Wiz actually might be one of the 
best ones. I All forget. Right. I forgot about that one. It just has like a lot of fantastic people in it. Um, Queen Latifah, Neo, Mary J. Blige, Whoopi Fun. Goldberg, Ooh. Um, uh, David Allen Greer. Sweet. Uh, plays, I'm pretty sure, the Cowardly Lion or somebody. I actually don't remember who he plays. But it's 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 a night, and it's really good times. And the woman who plays um, Dorothy was in Head Over Heels at the Playhouse, so y'all <gasps> saw her. Oh, oh cool. Yeah. 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 So it's that one's going to be fun. And then after that, I think, is Hairspray. I think, and then Greece, and then Rent, and then and then Jesus Christ Superstar, and then Christmas Story, and then <laughs> Annie. I think is the order. So we're not gonna do Rocky Horror because that was not NBC. That was a totally different thing. Yes. And it wasn't. I found out that wasn't actually fully live. It was like pre-recorded. It was just like a filmed night of things. Cool. Anything else y'all want to talk about before we get out of here? No. Peter Pan's cool. Okay. You have any spitlets? Yes. L.A. Spotlights. <laughs> LA Spotlight. Branch. Branch. I mean, by the time this this airs, by the time this episode drops, these are all going to be done. But I just True. wanted to, I just wanted to crow out. I saw some really good shows this last week. Most of them I saw with y'all, but a couple I saw by my by myself. Battle Song of Boudicca, School of Night. That show was so much fun. I loved it from top to bottom. Bailey and I went and saw a show last night called Level One Gygax. That was a one-person show, D&D, spoken word, amazingly technically run show that we loved. One of the best uh, things I've seen in L.A. Yeah. Nice. Love nice. Chicken, we all got to see together over the weekend, and it was fucking great. One of my new favorite scripts. Um, random one I never would have gone to, but I did a comp, comp swap with someone randomly called Dream at the End of, the to- at the end of Time. Ooh. It was a 45-minute long Lovecraft musical. Yeah. And it cool. was fantastic. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't usual run-of-the-mill Lovecraft. It was fantastical, colorful. It was so great. A uh, couple you more. You mean no anti-Semitism? Well, in fact, the director who I did the comp swap with said, this would piss off Lovecraft if he saw this, Word. which also kind of made it extra fun. Respect. Um, I wanted to crow about Pam's show, most likely to. I had so much fucking fun at that show over the yeah. weekend. I'm seeing it Thursday. Yeah, it's fun. Oh, I'll it's... be there, Scott. We'll scream and yell together. They want us to sing along. Let's do it. Oh, I'll damn sing it. like a motherfucker. I'm seeing two other shows on Thursday. Otherwise, I'd be there with you. Well. Um, the Celebration Theater <laughs> Show, Tales of Transcestors, was really, really good. Oh, yeah. I'm really glad I got to catch that. And then finally, um, Kick Boom Theater, uh, John Wookdie's Housewife 52. Oh, was, yeah. I, I it was thought impeccably that was really, put together. Really well done. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. I agree. I had to miss it the other day, and so I, I'm going to go see it this week. I It sounds fantastic. Everyone's just raging about it. The one I, the other one I wanted to shout out outside of uh, Love Chicken and Level One were really huge for me. This weekend I saw Fuck Julie. And it was... (laughs) I want to catch this one. Yeah, Zoe Tyson and Louis Rinaldi. And they wrote and performed it. And they have a bunch of people who call in and like they talk to different people that were like pre-recorded. But besides that, it's a story about two people who just sold a story to Pixar based on their children's book. And they get a... uh, a resort in Bali together to like celebrate. And while they're there, they find out that it's been announced on entertainment tonight that their story was actually written by Julie Andrews and that they are 
that they have stolen this piece of <laughs> of of literature and come to find out Julie Andrews is basically this like evil entity that runs Disney now and Walt is actually still frozen and all that kind of stuff it's very funny very witty <clears throat> I, lo- I I loved them both so much. I, I followed them on everything because I was like, this is fun. This is good theater. Uh, and they they just are kind of my new to, like, people to watch in the community. I'm really excited about that. I'm going to have to start making, like, an encore list in case any of these get encores. I want to catch them if I can. For sure. Yeah. Catch sure. me if you can, starring yep. Christopher Walken. <laughs> Uh, I want to give a shout out to Dog and Queen of Fishtown, which were yes. two One People yeah, shows absolutely. that we got to see that were just fantastic in their delivery I think we've, we have shouted those out before so hopefully people got to go see them because yeah, we shouted yeah, them out sure. before they were they were closed yeah, yeah. uh i want to give uh <laughs> i love me some good sketch comedy and i love me some good sloppy sketch comedy uh and i got to see the time flies which was this whole thing done by this group of young folks from the pack uh over at the complex and they did basically uh, wrote episodes like 12 episodes during pandemic and then they debuted two of those episodes uh at fringe this year and i got to see uh both parts and it was just good sketch comedy smart concepts fun i had a good time um and then what was the other thing that i wanted to make sure that i mentioned um oh well um nor in yet khan uh mm. a spy story was yes uh, was another spy. one person oh Ooh. my god what an extraordinary performance and a tight show and a fascinating look at history. I really like that. And then I wanted to give a shout out to uh, the one person show, What Am I Chop Suey, which was just a person telling their story and standing still and telling the truth. And it got to me in a very, um, very personal way. And, and so just big, big shout outs to everybody man, thanks for coming and doing theater. Like hats off to you. And thanks yeah. to everybody who supported three guys, one group on, um, the show on Sunday was a fucking rock show. It was awesome. And to watch, um, our cast deliver an amazing performance of an amazing play. Yeah. Um, and it's super hot in my apartment. So I'm cutting you off cause I'm getting the fuck out of the, out of here. I'm going <laughs> right to die. I love you both. Die. Do you have anything else you want to say? Anything siege? I just had one more person. She's a fan of the pod that invited me to her solo show called uh, Looking Past Loss. And I wasn't able to see it, but I'm adding it to my encore list if she gets an encore. So thanks, Charlotte. I just want to say that because she was a fan of the pod. Incredible. We have had so much fun at Fringe. It's been absolutely incredible. We'll see you guys next time. Uh, uh, Finish out. Say our things. We got to say all the things we say. Questions, comments, compliments. Email us. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Scott. Thank you, CJ. Ryan Thomas Johnson writes our theme song. Our theme song is better than your theme song. So yeah. fucking true. And he writes all of our stingers, and he's an amazing human being. A big shout-out to Pam Quinn, who wrote our special in-stuff theme song yeah. um, that uh, opened the show, and she's doing amazing things at Fringe. And then finally, to the great Pulitzer Prize-winning playwright, Annie Baker, who writes hey, everything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry I cut you off earlier. That was actually kind of rude. I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry, but I'm just sweating my balls but off right now. But, you just but I'm, did it. I'm, I'm I'm wasting more time by doing this. So I'm gonna let right. you keep going. You just uh, uh, any baker. And one day, and one day, any baker, we're gonna buy you a beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are okay. Subscribe, rate, review. If you write a bad review and give us five stars, I will um... take off your pants. Sure, yeah. sure. That's the yeah. That's it. That's what's gonna happen now.
Uh, okay. On we'll see you later. Right. Overwear. Underwear. Anytime. Anywhere. It's for my Ida. I'm tired. Bye. <laughs> later, everybody. The theater. The theater. Theater.